Fort Collins. Off-Road Automotive offers a wide range of used automobiles for all of your off-road and on-road needs. From classic Jeep CJ7s to high-end sporty Corvettes and everyday commuters, they have a vehicle for you. Bad credit or no credit, no problem. Their professional finance team has you covered. Give them a visit at 1392 Denver Avenue in Fort Lupton or give them a call at 303-502-3230. Hey, this is Rod from PCs and Parts in Loveland. We're your local computer and parts repair store. We have been in business for over 18 years, and we have been fixing computers and love doing that. If you're having anything with technical-related issues, come by and see us. To reach us, call us at 970-203-0696 or go to our website at PCsandparts.com. We'd love to talk to you about your particular problems. I am free because I know that I alone am morally responsible for everything I do. I am free no matter what rules surround me. If I find them tolerable, I tolerate them. If I find them too obnoxious, I break them. I am free because I know that I alone am morally responsible for everything that I do. Robert A. Heinlein. ETI is your local one-stop shop for all your heavy equipment needs. From rebuilding your components to helping manage your fleet, our goal is to make your life simple. Our full-service hydraulic and machine shop will meet all your expectations. We also offer free pickup and delivery. Call Jeff at 970-685-2064 with any questions or to schedule a pickup. Again, that's 970-685-2064. As the economy collapses, are you prepared to provide even basic essentials for your family? I teach Urban Survival Training course that arms you with hundreds of skills and hacks to keep you and yours going when everyone else gives up. Food and water are only the beginning. Call the Rev at 303-809-3343. That's 303-809-3343. This is Clay with Wagner Electric Company. We're out of Greeley. We're here to promote our Generac and Cummins standby generators and our service to the community with any electrical needs. We're located at 1517 2nd Avenue in Greeley, 970-800-3693. The biggest thing that we want to promote is that we set the standard and we're here to support you and your needs. 970-800-3693. My name is James with Milco Carpet Cleaning. I'm based out of Millican, serving all of northern Colorado. We're a family-owned company that will clean your carpets, upholstery, tile, and rugs. My goal is to freshen your home and business, leaving you dry and clean in no time with no residues. Mention this ad and receive $10 per room off, up to $50. You can call me at 970-405-3740 or email me at nococarpetcleaning at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out my reviews on Google. 
Hi, this is Craig James from Just Informed Talk Radio, and I'm here to tell you about my kind CBD products. I have been using these products myself, and I can tell you this is the highest quality CBD product I've ever used in my life. My kind CBD products are 100% THC free, locally sourced from Colorado hemp farmers, and they're organic. And if you want, you can give them a shot today by going to 1360khnc.com/shop. And when you do, make sure you try out everything from the sunscreen to the lotion, to the salve, to the retinol cream, to the tinctures, to the cocoa, to the coffee, to the tea, everything in between. And make sure you try out the pet products as well. They have pet shampoo and pet tincture. You're not going to be disappointed. These products are white labeled and sold in high-end stores and boutique salons for two, three, and four times the price you're going to be paying at 1360khnc.com slash shop straight from the manufacturer. So go there and buy your products today. And I know you're going to become a repeat customer just like me. Hey folks, as a CBD user, I can attest to its effectiveness. And now my kind CBD products are available at the station. You'll see tinctures, salves, lotions, creams, coffee, cocoa, tea, and much more. You'll even find CBD retinol cream. KHNC also carries my kind pet products, including shampoo and tincture, allowing your best friend to enjoy the same benefits of CBD that you do. The best prices, the best quality, and all THC free. My kind CBD, CBD as nature intended. Hey, Chris Lewis here with My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com, 970-776-0258. At My Favorite Gunsmith, all I do is repair firearms. I love freedom more than guns, but the only thing that separates a free man from a slave is firearm ownership. I would only add that it needs to work. All of my guns work. Do yours? Find out, 970-776-0258. My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com. That's 970-776-0258. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network. Good morning. Welcome to the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. The uh, Presently, for those listening on radio, the cold weather always does what it does. So presently on radio, we are not broadcasting. Engineer will be out there in a little bit to remedy the problem. And streaming, I believe we're just fine. I'm going to begin today with Ecclesiastes chapter 3. You're probably, I, I would say that uh, for those that um, want to listen, re-listen to this program, the podcasts will be on 1360khnc.com. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There 
is an appointed time for everything. There is a time for every matter under heaven. A time to give birth, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot what is planted, a time to kill, time to heal, time to tear down, time to build up, a time to weep, time to laugh, time to mourn, time to dance, a time to throw stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, a time to shun embracing, a time to search, time to lose, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear apart, a time to sew together, a time to be silent, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, a time for peace. Today we're going to focus on a time to hate. We're not in the time of love. In the decade before Christ returns, it will be a time where the nations and the hatred of mankind will be evident. We're in a time of hate. We are also in a time of war. There will be no peace until Jesus Christ returns, roughly a decade out. Between now and then, we are moving into a time of hatred, not into a time of love. A time of hatred, a time of war. I uh, want to... The Gaza War, the Psalm 83 conflict that began November, well, it was actually October, I'm trying to remember, October 7th, 2022, I'm sorry, 2023. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven pages that I'm trying to keep keep some order. October seventh, twenty twenty three, the Psalm eighty three war began. I have talked about this war from the eighth of October. The Sunday following the attack by Hamas in southern Israel. When a prophecy, there's a principle, when a prophecy is coming to pass, when it is in motion, God's people, especially the Christian people today, are to pay attention to it. It isn't like having dinner 
You come, sit down, have dinner, you walk away. Prophecy is not like that. Prophecy is the opposite. When something begins, you follow it through to its end. This Gaza war will have an end. The exclamation point will be the destruction of the city of Damascus. American Christians, because of a lack of good teachers of eschatology in the assemblies, are unaware of this prophecy. They don't know it's even started. They think this is a the media has stated this is a genocide on the people in Gaza. It is not. The Bible, using Psalm 83 and all the other books in the Old Testament and books in the New Testament, explained clearly this Gaza war, this Psalm 83 war, is the punishment it's a punishment by God himself on all of the nations that surround Israel and the families related to the children of Israel. It's the time for their punishment. I'm going to begin with uh, Romans chapter... Nine, And for many Christians, we are very tender-souled, tender-footed. In the Old Testament, the prophets talked about the children of Israel being tender-footed, tender feet. They can't walk on sand even. Their feet are too delicate. And it's a implies the soul, the mind, emotion, and will. It implies that they cannot handle even the daily problems in life. They are tender-footed. American Christians, for the most part, are tender-footed. Paul talked about, in the book of Corinthians, he talked about the Corinthians... He couldn't speak a hard word to them. They were so tender-footed, they would be offended. And so he had to, he couldn't come and speak directly to them. He had to write letters. That's how psychologically weak they were unable to handle hardships of the daily life. They, wouldn't, they weren't able as Christians to realize the Christian life is the hardest life. There is no life, no walk, harder than the Christian walk. Christ made that clear. If you follow me, You'll be hated, you'll be persecuted, you'll be put to death. 
American Christians, for the most part, the whole body, not everyone, you have the overcomers that overcome, that stand, that don't faint, that don't back off. They stay, they're stable in their walk. They don't know what tomorrow brings, but when it comes, they're ready for it. The American Christians are, are, we have everything. The evangelical churches, we have the best that the world has had to offer, the very best. And yet the evangelical, Christ, evangelical Christians in all of the different aspects of evangelical Christianity, we are tender-souled, tender-footed. We have to walk daily, but our feet are so tender we can't even walk on sand Forget about pebbles. Forget about uh, walking through the desert without shoes on. I say this because this is what, this is the view that the scripture gives for us in our time. We are going into the hardest period of time in the history of the world. The American Christians are not ready for it. Their religious game has no power. They have no power. They speak mighty, eloquent things of God. But they have no power. If something they didn't expect happens, they come apart. What kind of an army has the, uh, what kind of an army are we in the evangelical churches? Are we an army ready to? Go head to head with the satanic community, to the, the with the New Agers, with those in the occult, with Islam, with all of the false religions, against Pharaoh, against Herod, against the world. God is warning the American Evangelical Church. That there is time to prepare for greater hardships that are coming. There are Christians in the Middle Ages, wealthy, believers. They lost everything their farms, their families, 
and they end up in prison and they're taken to the guillotine, not to the guillotine, to the uh, to be hung. Guy by the name of George Wishart. The Church of Rome had come against him because he refused to abandon his faith and and return to the Roman Church. He was very he was well off. Every week he would go to the tailor, and back then canvas was the the uh, preferred cloth. And every week he would have a coat, I don't know what you would call it, and it was expensive, and there was quite a bit of it. It was like a, a big cape. They would hang around his shoulders down to his feet. And at the end of the week, he wouldn't wash, but he would go into the street and find a needy individual, a family, and give this, this uh, item, this clothing, to a woman or a family, and the wife could make breeches, pants, shirts for her children. He fasted every other day. He gave what he, you know, he gave um, to the poor. Well, eventually, he ends up going to the, to be hung. And the guy that has to pull the lever knows Wishart. He knows everything that Wishart has done. What a good man he is. He's, going to lose, he's losing everything that he has, including his life. And the hangman puts a rope around his neck, and Wishart looks at the hangman and says, I forgive you. I don't hold this against you. But you have a job to do. Now, do your office. You have to go over to that handle and pull it. And this guy that had to pull the handle, the hangman, was in tears. But Wishart tells him, do your job. Do your job. You have to pull that lever. But Wishart forgave him for having to do his job. What do you think we could do that. I wouldn't even want to think about it. I don't even want to think about it. Psalm 83 is the punishment of the people in the nations that have afflicted the children of Israel for 3,000 years. And they have never been punished. But God saved the punishment for our time so that the whole world can see what God does to nations and family members that hate the seed of Abraham, Abraham Isaac, and Jacob, that the world can see that God is righteous. He made covenants with the children of Israel, and anyone 
according to Genesis chapter 12, I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. And Christians hate for another Christian to even state that. They don't want to hear it. Well, get your scissors out. Cut out Genesis chapter 12 to the first five verses. Cut them out of your Bible. You don't want to hear it? Cut them out. You can cut them out in every Bible in the world. But what God said would happen with Abraham and his descendants will come to pass. The nations that hate Israel, they will be cursed. God will send... He has... He's a... He's the... Uh, he owns the cattle on 10,000 hills. He has 10,000 ways to punish people, to punish the nations, to punish families. Psalm 83 talks about the family of Lot, his son Ammon and Moab. Talks about the family member of Jacob, Esau, his twin brother. What well, They weren't twins. They were born at the same time, but they were no, nothing alike. They weren't twins. They didn't even look alike. One was red and hairy. The other was, wasn't. You have the families of Ishmael who married the children of Esau. You have the other surrounding Families, Moabites, I'm sorry, not Moabites, the, the Palestinians or the, the, Philistine, the Philistines, the Haggites, the Horites, the, all these different people, they're all going to be punished. They're all being punished. They're in this complete dinner, a complete, it's like putting a car together. The tires, the braking system, Suspension, powertrain, the cab, heating, air conditioning, it is complete. This psalm, there's no other group in one uh, grouping that is so complete. God wanted the world to know and the Christian people to know this Psalm 83 is God punishing all of the families that have afflicted Israel for the 3,000 years when the Psalm was written during the time of King David. But it goes back 700 years before King David to the time of Jacob and Esau. It began with Jacob and Esau. And in Psalm 83, Esau is going to be punished severely. And the other chapters of the prophets or the other writings of the prophets in the Old Testament make it clear that Esau was always 
provoking the children of Jacob and even joining with other surrounding tribes or families to afflict Israel. And presently, just this week, Saudi Arabia has now begun to enter the conflict. And many of Esau's children have married the children of Ishmael in Saudi Arabia. And the Christian people, the family of God, evangelical Christians, Satan is so powerful. They don't realize what is happening. This war is uh, just the, the war that takes, that, that must, this conflict must take place before Russia and her allies attack Israel. We're going to go to a break in a little bit. And um, then I'm going to return. But I'll return and begin with Romans chapter 9. Because in this chapter, you're, we will see God's attitude toward we believers, toward the nations, toward the families of Israel. We're going to be back in just a few minutes. I'm telling you the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit. This war is in the Bible. Rodriguez, host of The Present Truth, Monday through Friday, 2 to 3. Topics, American world hegemony, the new world order, secret societies, one world religion, weather warfare, international wars, transhumanism. Join me, 1360 KHNC. Hey, Chris Lewis here with My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com, 970-776-0258. At My Favorite Gunsmith, all I do is repair firearms. I love freedom more than guns, but the only thing that separates a free man from a slave is firearm ownership. I would only add that it needs to work. All of my guns work. Do yours? Find out. 970-776-0258. My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com. That's 970-776-0258. This is Steve at Ramsey Auto Group. Hey, this is Mike from Ramsey Auto Group. Just stopping in to say hi, let you know that we're still open, still in business, and still rocking and rolling. You know, if you're looking for a good car experience, come see us. We have old school values. We still operate by handshake. We're not pushy. We want you to be happy, and uh, we have a great selection of trucks. 6175 West 10th Street, Greeley. 970-443-5654. 970-443-5654. Do you love AM 1360 and the uncensored radio you get to listen to every day? KHNC has launched a listener sponsorship fundraiser to raise the money needed to replace our old failing transmitter. 
Your generous donation will help make this much-needed upgrade happen so you and future generations can continue to hear the uncensored truth for decades to come. By donating and becoming a KHNC sponsor, you will receive the new AM1360 T-shirt, a bumper sticker, and the new limited edition one-ounce pure silver KHNC coin. Also, for being part of this exclusive group, you will receive the monthly KHNC newsletter. The sponsorship package requires a minimum donation of $100, although donations of any amount will be greatly appreciated. You can help us purchase the new transmitter by going to 1360KHNC.com and clicking the Donation tab at the top of the page. Again, that's 1360KHNC.com and click the Donation tab. Thank you. Hey, honey, I've been looking all over for you. The radio says there's an emergency. What are you doing down here? I heard that, too. So I'm down here checking our preps, making sure we got enough Rocky Mountain freeze-dry ice cream. I hope we do. We need Rocky Mountain freeze-dry ice cream. It's so sweet and creamy, comes in all the flavors I love, and it's essential in an emergency. Yeah, and it melts in your mouth. They have vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, and a lot of other exciting flavors. It needs no refrigeration, and it lasts for 25 years. But I can't find it anywhere. Mom, Dad, I have something to tell you. I ate all the Rocky Mountain freeze-dry ice cream. Don't let this happen to your family. You need a good snack and treats for the moments that matter. Go to RockyMountainFreezeDry.com and stock up on Rocky Mountain freeze-dry ice cream and candy today. Want to know what our listeners think? Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Give us your feedback. Go to 1360KHNC.com and hit the contact button and give us your thoughts. It is really wonderful that uh, there is only one person that ever declared that he could forgive sins. That was the Lord Jesus Christ. And he still forgives the sins of anyone who will come to him and ask for forgiveness and repent and receive eternal life. And upon receiving eternal life, the individual's sins are washed away. This is uh, the difference. The kingdom of heaven is different from all the kingdoms of the world, all the religions of the world. No one ever declared that they were God in the flesh with the power to not only heal, but to forgive sins. Okay, the hatred, the program, we're discussing the hatred of the nations and their hatred toward the nation of Israel. 
This is Romans chapter 9. It is a deep, this, this Roman, if, if an individual, a Christian, if you can master the book of Romans, you are a Christian. This book is the experience pre-Christ, upon the time of meeting Christ, the struggles after you meet Christ to the time of chapter 8, where you realize there's no condemnation for your past, for your sins, they're forgiven. And then the Christian walk begins in chapter 8 to the final, the final, uh, uh, what's it called, the, the pinnacle of the Christian life, glorification. You're glorified the minute you're raised from the dead, the glory of God is evident. The glorification of God's children. Okay, Romans chapter 9. I'm telling you the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit. Paul says, number two, uh, verse 2, I have great sor sorrow, unceasing grief in my heart, for I could, I wish that I myself were cursed, separated from Christ, for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom belongs the adoption of sons, and the glory of the covenants, the giving of the law, and the temple service, and the promises. Whose are the fathers, and from whom is the Christ, according to the flesh, who is God forever? The Christ, who is God forever. Who is God, I'm sorry, who is God over all, blessed forever, amen. And actually, He is God Himself. It is not as though the word of God has failed. They are not all Israel who are the descendants from Israel, nor are all the children because they are Abraham's seed. But as it is written through Isaac, your seed will be named, not through Ishmael, through Isaac. That is, the children of the flesh are not the children of, the go of God, but the children of the promise are considered as seed through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the word of promise. At this time I will come. Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but there was Rebekah also when she had conceived twins by one man, our father Isaac. For though the twins were not yet born, now we get into the deep things of God. For though they were born at the same time, and prior to their being born, they had not done anything good or bad. Before they're even born, neither one, they have no justification to say, well, look, God, I did this, or God, I did that. They weren't even born. So that the purpose of God, according to His choice, would stand, not because of works, 
but because of him who calls. Everyone who is a believer, you are a believer not by works. You did nothing to attain your salvation. Had nothing to do with you. Your time of birth, the time of conception, you had no say. You have no say over whether you're male or female. What country you're born in. Because of works, not because of works, but because of him who calls. Verse 12, it was said to her, the older shall serve the younger. In other words, Esau is going to serve Jacob. Just as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Can we say that there is unrighteousness with God? No. There is no unrighteousness with God. He said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. It does not depend on the one who wills or the one who runs but on God who has mercy. In my notes, I was considering, do we, we do, or I should say, we who are living presently, we did not choose to be alive in the final generation before Christ returns. We didn't choose to be in the period of time where the greatest hardships ever in the history of mankind are going to take place. We didn't choose. We had no say. But now that we are believers, now we have to thank God because He chose what would happen to each of us. He has decided, He has determined from the foundation of the world that we needed to be here presently. We had, in a sense, no free will in that matter. We didn't. But God is a God of free will. Yes. Once you're born... And you begin to understand that you can make choices, as a child even. But before that, we have no say in anything. We don't direct anything. We can't change a thing. You can change today. You can go out to purchase a vehicle. And you have free will to pick Whatever you want, whatever is available, you have free will to pick that vehicle. You didn't have a say in the matter of when you're going to be born and the time in which you're going to be born. But you can make a decision to be faithful 
in your daily walk with Christ, you have the free will to begin to pray and ask Him to reveal to you His plan for you. And here's the funny thing. People pray, Lord, show me your will for my life. And God will begin to show them His plan. And they think, well, I, I really don't like that. I, I, don't, I don't want that plan. And people will walk away. People have free will to leave. Don't pray that you want to know God's will. Don't pray that you want His perfect will for your life. Don't pray that you want to be in His plan unless you really mean it. If you make a commitment to build a house, make sure that you have everything you need to build that house. Otherwise, people are going to laugh at you. It's one of the parables. And nations who are going to go to war with another nation, they have to consider, are we going to, with 10,000 men, be able to win this battle against a bigger army? When you pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you His plan for your life, do you realize what you're asking? Because if you don't, don't ask. But if you do ask, Lord, I want to be where you want me to be perfectly so that I can be effective in my Christian walk. Because if you ask, God will immediately respond. And I don't mean six months, a year. I mean he'll begin immediately setting things in motion to put you exactly where you need to be, where you're going to be the most valuable for yourself and for his kingdom. But don't ask if you don't mean it. Lord, I want to build a house. Consider the cost. And this refers to the Christian walk. If you decide that you want to give your life to the Lord, consider the cost. If you want to be used by God, consider the cost. Don't be careless. Don't be reckless. Don't have a spur-of-the-moment conniption. If your feet are tender, if you are in your soul weak and you can't handle the pressures of daily life, then you better be careful because the pressures will come that, that come with walking the Christian walk are surpass what you are going to face in the daily, daily life paying bills, etc. The Lord is mustering an army. He's looking for people. 
It's like going into a forest. The loggers who are going to harvest a forest, they go in and they pick the trees that they're going to cut down. They mark them. God is mustering, marking the people in the body of Christ. I always refer to evangelical Christianity, but I'm talking about even the Catholics, the Lutherans, all the other major assemblies. He's marking the people who are going to be faithful to Him. They're the ones that are going to carry the load. They're the ones that are going to carry the plan and purpose of God into the coming battle. They're already doing it. One thing that I've been watching, I've been noticing that you have two groups of, of uh, young Christian, middle-aged Christians. You have those Christians that are in the new apostolic reform movement. And they have high hopes. They speak great things. But the thing is this, they are weak on sound doctrine. They're high on ambition. But they're weak doctrinally. They're weak in theology. They have no eschatology. They are a they are building on shifting sand. Then you have another group of young people between 20 and 40. And they are grounded in the Word of God. Because of that, they can see clearly the world around them. And they are addressing the hypocrisy that they see. They're addressing it. I think, thank God, God has been faithful to raise up or to, I even hate the word raise up, He's faithful to call people to Himself and these people make a commitment and they count the cost and they realize they can go to war with a small group, with, with a, a small number of skilled soldiers and they can, they do have what is necessary to build a house. So I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm discouraged when I look at these young, new apostolic reform Christians. They know they have a lot of scripture. But it all pertains to them. They are going to be great. They are going to have a name for themselves. They are involved in a great movement. They are somebody. There is no humility. They, it's... Not Christ, it's them. They use the gifts that Christ gave them for their own glory. What did he say to Moses? I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compa compassion. We do have a say to a degree. On the other hand, 
we don't have a say. There are people who have been marked by God and they are the recipients of mercy. It's it, In the book of Genesis, it's very, it's very deep. I'm going to continue. I'm sorry, in the book of Romans 16. So then, it doesn't depend on the one who wills or the one who runs, but on God who has mercy. This is true. But God loves everybody. He does. But will everybody come to Him and, and give their lives to Him? No. The scripture said, here's where it gets deep. The scripture says to Pharaoh, "This for this very purpose, I raised you up. He's talking to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, I, you have been raised up by God. And you're, you're great. And you're powerful. You're the ruler of a kingdom. But, I am going to demonstrate my power and you're going to be the recipient of my judgment that my name might be proclaimed throughout the whole earth. So you are a vessel that is going to be destroyed so that the world will know my power. You look at, you look at throughout the scripture Pontius Pilate, great man. I think it was a decade after Christ's crucifixion, Pilate, a great man, commits suicide. If I remember, it was a decade. Might have been a little shorter, a little before that. Punishment came. God raised him up so that God's power can be displayed. Verse 18, he has mercy on whom he desires, he hardens who he desires. In the world today, you have people that will not come to Christ. This is a hard thought for many shallow Christians. They believe that every person is going to be saved. And if they don't get saved in this lifetime, they picked up the doctrine of... of uh, universalism after they're dead maybe thousands of years into the future at some point God will forgive them and pull them out of torment and put them back in the good graces of God and they will be they will live at peace comfortably forevermore these are the philosophies of man. These are the doctrines of demons. The demons, they have their own doctrine. And people are good at picking up doctrines of demons. He has mercy on whom he desires. He hardens whom he desires. What, what are you going to say then? What are you going to say to me? Why does he still find fault? For who resists his will? You cannot resist God's will. But on the contrary, 
Who are you, O man, who answers back to God? You who were molded, you who are being fashioned by the molder, ask, why did you make me like this? There are many, through the years, I have met Christian women who are angry with the Holy Spirit because they were made women because they weren't um, they weren't born male and almost every single time it's because they realize that the position that men have is much different than the position that women have women in the scripture are to be directed they are not to be the ones doing the directing and they have even stated that I wished I were born a man because I would have the power of a man. And so in this society, we are a society of women who are dominant, domineering. And this is what has destroyed the culture. This is a system that is, uh, as a country, we started to lose order with uh, men being the head of the household after the Civil War. There was an individual that I listened to. He'd done a de detailed study of how the women have taken over power in this nation. Not in positions in the political world, but in the family, within the black community, dominant women have destroyed the position of men in the household. It has happened in the white, the Anglo uh, race also. Not as much in the Hispanic community, not as much. The Asian community, for the most part, it does not exist. The Asians, there is a structure that is very hard to tear down. You don't find, in the Asian community, you don't find this structure where women are so dominant that they rule everything. There is, there is more harmony with the Asian community than with the whites or the blacks. The Hispanics, the Latin, Latin people, about the close. Now within religions, that uh, hierarchy is basically... Um, we're going to go to a break but there is that harmony within Islam feed her too, don't forget Blue Dragon Spa 1811 Hover Street, Suites A and B Longmont, Colorado 720-680-0492 720-680-0492 Hi, 
This is Ron Tafoya, owner and operator of New Method Cleaners, Northern Colorado's oldest dry cleaners. Men's clothing to women's fashions, we clean it all. Give us a call with all your cleaning questions. If we don't clean it, we might have a solution. We have two locations to serve you in Severance and Fort Collins. Please call us at 970-775-0623. 970-775-0623. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort. Off-Road Automotive offers a wide range of used automobiles for all of your off-road and on-road needs. From classic Jeep CJ7s to high-end sporty Corvettes and everyday commuters, they have a vehicle for you. Bad credit or no credit, no problem. Their professional finance team has you covered. Give them a visit at 1392 Denver Avenue in Fort Lupton or give them a call at 303-502-3230. Hey, this is Rod from PCs and Parts in Loveland. We're your local computer and parts repair store. We have been in business for over 18 years, and we have been fixing computers and love doing that. If you're having anything with technical-related issues, come by and see us. To reach us, call us at 970-203-0696 or go to our website at PCsandparts.com. We'd love to talk to you about your particular problems. I am free because I know that I alone am morally responsible for everything I do. I am free no matter what rules surround me. If I find them tolerable, I tolerate them. If I find them too obnoxious, I break them. I am free because I know that I alone am morally responsible for everything that I do. Robert A. Heinlein. ETI is your local one-stop shop for all your heavy equipment needs. From rebuilding your components to helping manage your fleet, our goal is to make your life simple. Our full-service hydraulic and machine shop will meet all your expectations. We also offer free pickup and delivery. Call Jeff at 970-685-2064 with any questions or to schedule a pickup. Again, that's 970-685-2064. As the economy collapses, are you prepared to provide even basic essentials for your family? I teach urban survival training course that arms you with hundreds of skills and hacks to keep you and yours going when everyone else gives up. Food and water are only the beginning. Call the Rev at 303-809-3343. That's 303-809-3343. This is Clay with Wagner Electric Company. We're out of Greeley. We're here to promote our Generac and Cummins standby generators and our service to the community with any electrical needs. We're located at 1517 2nd Avenue in Greeley, 970-800-3693. The biggest thing that we want to promote is that we set the standard and we're here to support you and your needs. 970-800-3693.
My name is James with Milco Carpet Cleaning. I'm based out of Millican, serving all of northern Colorado. We're a family-owned company that will clean your carpets, upholstery, tile, and rugs. My goal is to freshen your home and business, leaving you dry and clean in no time with no residues. Mention this ad and receive $10 per room off, up to $50. You can call me at 970-405-3740 or email me at nococarpetcleaning at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out my reviews on Google. Hi folks, Joe Jaquin here from the Half Empty Cup of Joe Show. Are you worried about investing in the stock market, especially with Joe Biden in office? Do you really trust this economy? What if you could invest in a secure, collateralized portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed? A portfolio where you know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily, you're paid monthly, and there are no fees. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose. And get this, there's absolutely no loss of principal if you ever need your money back. Go to investyrefi.com, that's invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com, or call 888-YREFI24. You can earn a fixed rate of return that's up to 10.25%. Just call 888-YREFI24, or go to investyrefi.com, and tell them Joe sent you. KHNC is proud to carry my kind CBD products. Products include cocoa, top shelf tinctures, hemp salve, moisturizing lotions, and retinol cream. They also have pet tincture and hemp shampoo for a healthy coat and skin. To see all the CBD products we carry, visit the station at 2 South Parish or check us out online. Go to 1360KHNC.com. Click on the shop button. Hey, Chris Lewis here with My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com, 970-776-0258. At My Favorite Gunsmith, all I do is repair firearms. I love freedom more than guns, but the only thing that separates a free man from a slave is firearm ownership. I would only add that it needs to work. All of my guns work. Do yours? Find out, 970-776-0258. My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com. That's 970-776-0258. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network. Hot August night and the leaves hanging down and the grass on the ground smelling sweet. I 
is cold And when he lifts his face Every year in the place is on him Starting soft and slow Welcome back to the second hour of today's program, the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. Podcasts are on 1360khnc.com. My contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. Every Sunday, 9 to noon. Okay, in the first hour I'm talking about and beginning to transition into what in Ecclesiastes there's a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, a time for peace. We've transitioned in to the last decade. It's the time of hate and the time of war. And the final word in Ecclesiastes 3 in this group of verses, a time for peace. Peace will come when Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, when He returns to shake the horizons and shake evil out of the world. That time is a distant, in the in the near distant future, 10 years, I'd say maximum, less. I've been reading out of Romans chapter 9 about God who shows mercy to who He shows mercy. And who He loves, He loves. Who He hates, He hates. He talks about Pharaoh was born so that Pharaoh would be destroyed so that the world would see the power of God. We are there are people in the world living presently. One in one person is called the son of perdition. He's the uh, abomination of desolation. And eventually God has raised him up for a purpose to destroy that individual along with the false prophet. But in between now and then, there are going to be others who have been raised up that are going to be judged and punished that the world will see that uh, they were prepared to be destroyed because they have decided they were going to serve another king of another kingdom. And this king of the other kingdom is at war with Christ, God, and the Holy Spirit, with the Godhead. But Paul is talking about, in Romans chapter 9, Jacob and Esau. Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Then in verse... 21. Does not the potter have authority over the clay 
we were created by a potter. He has authority over the clay to make from the same lump one vessel, one for honorable use, the other for dishonorable use. And what if God, wanting to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, how about he endures with much patience vessels of wrath having been prepared for destruction? In other words, he's going to let these people that are prepared for destruction, he's not going to judge them right away. He's going to allow them to do their evil. And then with us, he says, verse 23, in order that he might make known the riches of his glory upon the vessels of mercy, which we are the vessels of mercy. We don't like to wait. We like to see the punishment on the wicked. We like to see justice for unrighteous deeds. We don't like to wait. But, in order that he might make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand and for glory. Even us whom he called, not from the Jews only, but also the Gentiles. He said in Hosea, I will call those who are not my people, my people, her who was not beloved, beloved. It shall be in my, the place where it is said to them, you are not my people. There they shall be called the sons of the living God. Now Paul is beginning at the end of this chapter to introduce the body of believers in chapter 10 and 11 in Romans chapter, in, Rome, in the book of Romans. Isaiah cried out concerning Israel, Though the number of the sons of Israel be like the sand of the sea, it's a, re a remnant that will be saved. For the Lord will execute his word on the land thoroughly and quickly. And Isaiah foretold, Unless the Lord of the Sabbath had left to us a seed, we would have become like Sodom, we would have resembled Gomorrah. What do we say then? The Gentiles did, who did not pursue righteousness, they laid hold of righteousness. Even the righteousness is the righteousness which is by faith. Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, did not attain that law because they did not pursue it by faith, but as it were, by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone. Faith in Messiah. Faith in Yeshua. Faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus. Jesus. But as it is written, I am laying a Zion, in Zion a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. The one who believes upon him will not be put to shame. These are the deep mysteries of God. It concerns the Gentiles, the non-Gentiles, the Jewish people, and a couple of brothers, Jacob and Esau. The two brothers. The hatred with these brothers began 3,700 years ago. And the punishment of Esau has commenced. It is the, 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 the candle has been lit. 
on October 7th, 2023. And at the end, as that candle burns down, it is going to reach the children of Esau, who 3,700 years ago, Esau threatened to kill Jacob. Family hatred. God does not, he is not the respecter of persons. So, in Genesis chapter 25, I should just read this to you. In 25, we have the story of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And Jacob and Isaac and, and Rebekah, his wife. I'm going to read this to you because this is about the hatred of Esau toward Jacob. A hatred that God uh, will prom promise that he would punish. And now the candle has been lit. It is burning. And in this, as this candle burns down, you're, we will see the destruction of the children of Lot, the punishment of Lot and his two boys, Ammon and Edom, I'm sorry, Ammon and Moab, Jacob's twin brother, Esau, the Philistines in Gaza, a different tribe of uh, a family of people who I believe came initially out of Egypt. Egypt's going to be punished too. Saudi Arabia will be punished. The nation in Lebanon, the Syrians, the old, uh, the residue of the Assyrian Empire in Syria, and eventually Iraq. I'm sorry, Iran. Genesis 25, Abraham took a wife. Her name was Keturah, after Sarah died. She bare Zimram, Jokson, and Medan, and Midian, and Ishbak and Shua. Jokash, Jokshan begat Sheba and Dedan. The sons of Dedan were Asherim and Letzushim and Luminim. The sons of Midian, Ephah and Epher, Hanok and Abedah and Edah. These were the children of Keturah. Gave, Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. But to the sons of the concubines, which Abraham had, he gave them gifts, sent them away from the son Isaac. While he yet lived, he sent them eastward into the east country, into Jordan and Saudi Arabia. These are the days of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived 160 and 15 years. Now see, Abraham married three wives. Well, he didn't marry. He had children through three women. An Egyptian woman, uh, uh, what is her name? Oh, my goodness. Oh, I forget her name. I'll think of it. But anyhow, this is the, the mother of Ishmael. They were of the lineage of Ham. Then you had Sarah, who was of the lineage of Shem, Noah's son, the first boy, Ham. Then you have Keturah, who was a daughter of Japheth. So Abraham had children from three 
each of the sons of Noah. Hagar. Hagar was uh, Ishmael's mother. So here, Abraham, after Sarah's death, he marries Keturah. He lives to 175 years. So he has children from the sons of Noah, Japheth, Shem, Ham. These are the days of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived 175 years. And Abraham gave up the spirit, died at a good old age, an old man full of years. His son Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah in the field of Ephron, in the son of Ephron, the son of Zohar the Hittite, which was before Mamre. The field which Abraham purchased of the sons of Heth. I'm sorry, on minutes push me, and I'm sorry. I'm going to slow down. It came to pass after the death of Abram, Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac. Isaac dwelt by the well Laharoe. Man. Now these are the generations of Ishmael, Abraham's son. I'm not going to go into these generations. The life of Ishmael, 137 years. They dwelt from Hevilah uh, unto Shur before Egypt that goes toward Assyria. So Ishmael lived in basically Saudi Arabia. The generations of Isaac, Abram, Abraham began a son, Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padan Aram, the sister to Laban, the Syrian. Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. They couldn't have children, so they petitioned the Lord. Now, here's where we begin. Psalm 83, the candle is burning down, and the wick is about to hit southern Jordan very shortly where the sons of Esau live. The children struggled within her. From the very time that they were in the womb, these two brothers were at war with each other in the womb. And Rebecca said, why is this taking place? What is going on in my womb? This is not, uh, generally even with, with uh, twins occupying the same space, there is peace. But she realizes there's no peace. These two are at each other. They are fighting. They are wrestling. They're, do they're doing world extreme cage fighting in my tummy. So she went and inquired of the Lord. And it says that she, I think, if I remember correctly, she went to speak to Methuselah. Not Methuselah, to uh, Melchizedek. She wanted to find out what was going on, if I remember correctly. I have to think about that. But I know Melchizedek is in here somewhere. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and there are two manner of people. 
And the word manner has a unique meaning in the King James. It means that there's a rivalry and they are same parents, but they're, they're struggling with each other. And this war that's taking place in the womb, once they're born, it's only going to intensify. And though they're brothers, they're enemies. Each of these two, no matter what one does, it's going to rub the other in a, uh, in a uh, wrong way. And there are going to be situations with them that are going to be volatile. They're not going to be at peace with each other. There's hatred between them. Now, what did God tell Abraham? Blessing, I will curse those that bless, curse those that curse thee. Blessing, I will bless those that bless thee. There's even going to be hatred within the family. With the 12 sons of Jacob, eventually, you have the one son, Dan, who leads the nation into deep, deep satanic witchcraft. And he begins to pollute through his worship of the devil the other 11 families. So he is replaced. The hatred that God even has toward Dan for introducing the children of Israel to, to the deep, deepest aspects of witchcraft. I call it just straight out Satanism. So the two babies, these two kids, are going to be two great people. They're going to be powerful nations, but they're going to compete with each other in the future. And eventually, Esau will, because he was an individual who cared for the things of the flesh, the things of life, not for the spiritual things, not the spiritual future, he sells his birthright for, uh, was it, I'm trying to remember, was it, well, eventually, what did he give up for a morsel of food? His birthright. Yes, no, he gives up his birthright. Boy, I have to go back to that. It's been a while. But he gives up simply the birthright and the blessing. And in the birthright, Jacob ends up living in a beautiful land. Esau ends up living in a desert. Jacob lives in the land that is well watered. Esau lives in the land where there is no dew. It's a dry land. The blessing and the birthright. With the birthright, we as Christians, we things are put uh, things are put in our hand, which can be a great blessing to people. With the blessing, Esau would not have used the blessings to further the kingdom of heaven. 
he would use the blessings to further himself because he was a man who fed the flesh. With the birthright, this birthright, Esau would never have passed the birthright down to the generations in the lineage of Abraham and Isaac. They would have gone a completely different direction. Jacob and Rebekah, his mother, they knew that the prophecies given to Abraham would be that you will be blessed and eventually down the road, thousands of years, Messiah would come. You'd be the father of faith. And so I think that Jacob and Rebekah had to, to, to visit together in their visits together talked about the birthright. They understood the power of this birthright. It wouldn't be just for them. wouldn't be just for Jacob in his life, but it would go to his children, their children, all the way to Christ, all the way to the time that we're in presently. The birthright was too powerful. Ishmael, I'm sorry, Esau would not use it in a godly fashion. And this is why Rebecca, she was a conspirator in the plan to have that birthright fall into Jacob's hand because she knew and God knew that Jacob needed to keep that birthright in the lineage of Abraham and Isaac through Jacob and through the generations. And people think, and people do say that this was a little bit shady. Well, sometimes God allows shady things for his kingdom. And and I don't mean dark, dark, you know, evil. But with something so important as the birthright, which the birthright has been given to each of us. That birthright is the plan that God has for each of us in Christ. That birthright is a way in which we can fulfill God's will for our lives that will bless everyone around us. We'll be back Rick Rodriguez, the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry. Hi, this is Tammy Cuthbert Garcia with Naturally Inspired Radio. Tune in Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. for the latest in natural health news. Get real solutions for healthy living and hear from our inspiring guests that are leading the way in health and freedom. My name is James with Milco Carpet Cleaning. I'm based out of Millican, serving all of northern Colorado. We're a family-owned company that will clean your carpets, upholstery, tile, and rugs. My goal is to freshen your home and business, leaving you dry and clean in no time with no residues. Mention this ad and receive $10 per room off, up to $50. You can call me at 970-405-3740 or email me at nococarpetcleaning at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out my reviews on Google. ETI is your local one-stop shop for all your heavy equipment needs, from rebuilding your components to helping manage your fleet. Our goal is to make your life simple. Our full-service hydraulic and machine shop will meet all your expectations. We also offer free pickup and delivery. 
Call Jeff at 970-685-2064 with any questions or to schedule a pickup. Again, that's 970-685-2064. I'm excited to announce that we're bringing back our best offer ever on our original My Slippers. You save $90 a pair with your promo code. KHNC. And now My Slippers come in even more sizes. Smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new styles and colors. Get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. What makes My Slippers different is my exclusive four-layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My Slippers patented layers make them ultra-comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve stress on your feet. I'm so confident that you and everyone you know are going to love My Slippers that I'm extending my 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024, making them the best Christmas gifts ever. So go to MyPillow.com, use your promo code to save $90. KHNC. That's only $49.98 a pair. Quantities won't last long, so please order now. 1360 KHNC is proud to announce our partnership with MyKind CBD, a local Colorado-based company that uses no pesticides, no herbicides, completely organic, no heavy metals. All their products are CAO certified. That's right, independently lab certified. Our prices are the best in the country. Go out to 1360KHNC.com and hit the shopping cart button and make your purchase today. All right, the podcasts are on 1360KHNC.com. For the program, the Olive Tree Ministry. And for the contact information, is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. I have to slow down. I only have three hours. And uh, I keep looking at that clock. And it pushes me. Well, we're not to be pushed. We're to be led by the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to settle down. Talking about Jacob and Esau. We have in our lives, we can be a Jacob or an Esau. We have the capability to be either Jacob and further the kingdom of heaven to use the birthright that has been given us to further God's kingdom, or like Esau, we would use that birthright to spend it, to use it, so that we can have the best of the world. We can build the best homes, drive the best vehicles. We are not spiritually minded we are carnally minded what we desire is the lust of the eye the lust of the flesh 
the pride of life. It's a great responsibility having a birthright, having a the power of a birthright. When we are born again, we have, at that time, we have just been given many things. Our sins are forgiven. We have eternal life. We have the God of heaven to assist us daily, to counsel us, to protect us, give us direction. And we can lose that birthright just like Esau. He gave it away for the things of the world, for the things of the flesh, to take care of his needs. So he knew the power of the blessing too. When Jacob and Rebekah working together, she took the hairy, the, the uh, hide of a, uh, one of the creatures that had hair because Jacob wasn't hairy. Esau was very hairy. And they deceived Isaac for the blessing. Now the question is. They did deceive Isaac. Now the intention was. To keep the blessing. For the future generations. Which, which extend to the very present day. This is where. From a spiritual point of view. The question has been. Was that, would God allow that? Isn't that unrighteous? Well, the fact is this, in the account, Jacob is the individual that kept the birthright and the blessing in the family. So no, from God's perspective, no, it was actually something that had to be done to fulfill prophecy. And there's an account there where what Jacob did was necessary to further the move or the, the plan that God had with the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob would extend eventually to Moses, to David, King David, to all the kings of Israel, all the way to Christ. So that's a tough one for a lot of Christians to, because we get so, I don't know if you would say self-righteous. Christ, um, it was unrighteous in a sense, for Christ to be crucified, but he allowed it because he had to be crucified. And he hid the necessity for his crucifixion from the Sanhedrin, from Rome, from the people. It was unrighteous, but he allowed it. Because it had to be 
it had to he had to fulfill prophecy so then it says these two nations are in your womb they will be two manner of people they will not get along they are different they are not identical twins they will be at war with each other there there's nothing they're not compatible they can't be you can't build the kingdom of heaven and try to use people in the kingdom of darkness to build the kingdom of heaven you can't use like in a christian assembly sunday worship having christian musicians with non-christian musicians playing together you cannot bring the holy spirit into the music because it's contaminated there's strange fire you can't bring people of the world that are not believers they cannot bring in the holy spirit because they don't have the holy spirit all they can bring in is either the flesh or the soul christian churches don't know this principle the social gospel has has destroyed many pentecostal churches and charismatic churches because they allow non-believer to perform before an audience singing praise and worship to god i have a friend very very gifted and i love his music but he had other musicians playing with him and i and the individual that uh, was part of his little group was very good and the music was very inspiring but i hesitate because i know that this individual was not a believer you have two kingdoms one kingdom is going to fight the plan of god with jacob he's going to try to esau would do everything to keep jacob from accomplishing god's plan for the children of israel all right now i think that i will this was 3,700 years ago this war began. It's a curse. And uh, once Esau realized that Jacob had stolen the blessing, he even begged, he even begged uh, Isaac to bless him. But he couldn't. He couldn't bless him because uh, I'm going to have to do something briefly. Our transmitter is down. And so let me play some music. I will be back in just a second. And I have to let the engineer in. Hold on, everybody. Okay, I'll be right back.
through after a few okay. seconds. Alright. So have at it. Okay. I almost called you to have you do that and I said, nah, Rick's not gonna climb up there. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Jim. I will switch it back. You'll be normal hopefully. Okay, well I hear it's on the radio. Yeah I put the stream on. Okay. Thank you. See you later man. Yeah okay. Okay. <laughs> I didn't turn off my system there, so you've got to hear the conversation with the engineer. But everything is good. Back on again. Okay, so where was I? So there is a uh, a curse. And um, the curse would be that Esau wouldn't get the fertile land, would get the desert. Wouldn't have the land of rain, but get a, la a land that was truly a desert. Wouldn't get a, pa a field that would, you know, of a, a, a plush field. Now I'm going to go to, I am very easily distracted. I am not the kind of person that uh, I don't do well with, with distractions. And 
So I will do this. While I'm collecting, getting the notes together, I'm going to say this. This hatred is 3,700 years old. And it is, to this very day, the hatred exists. And Esau, the children of Esau, along with the Esau began to marry the daughters of Ishmael. And when that began, now the problem was exacerbated. You have not just Esau, but now you have a whole new family of Ishmael. And Ishmael had problems too. Now I remember what I was going to do. Okay, so with Abraham, Abraham, Abraham had Ishmael. Abraham, he favored Ishmael. Sarah, according to the scripture, was going to be the, through Sarah and Isaac, the blessing would come. Then with Isaac and Rebekah, Rebekah favored Jacob. Isaac favored Esau. So there's a conflict right there. Dad favors one. Mom favors another. Then you have coming down the, the, the way to our time, you have when Christ brings in these two people, Jewish and Gentile, now you have another conflict. People who, according to Romans 9, who did not have the blessing of the covenants, now they're brought into the family of Christ. So you have another conflict taking place. And Paul addresses this conflict between the Jewish believers and the Gentile believers. And I remember when I was putting this together, you have Abraham and Ishmael. Abraham wanted Ishmael to be the person to carry the, the blessing, the, the uh, plan with God, of God. But God told him, no, it's going to be through Sarah, through your son Isaac. Isaac favors Esau. Rebekah fa favors Jacob. And this favoritism, in a sense, is very destructive. Then, presently, again, Paul begins to address the conflict between the Jewish believer, the Gentile believer. He begins to address it because he sees and he even refers to Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. But Paul realizes that in Christ, that is broken. That pattern is to end. So he addresses it in Ephesians, and he addresses it in Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11. 
And in the evangelical church and in the churches, these lampstands of God, of God, you have the same kind of a conflict. Now we Gentile believers feel that we have an edge over the Jewish Christians. We don't. And the Jewish Christians, many, in the assemblies I've been in, in the uh, Messianic church uh, uh, groups, they feel because they're Jewish, they have an advantage over the Christian believer. Paul says in Christ that enmity, that hatred, that division has ended. It's not like Esau and Jacob. No. That animosity has ended. But because in the previous centuries, AD 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, all the way to the present, the very few Bible teachers have been able to address the matter of this animosity between the Jew and the Gentile believers. Paul said there isn't any animosity because that was dealt with on the cross. The animosity with Esau and Jacob continues to this very day. But not the animosity between Jewish and Gentile believers. The difference, I repeat, as I have stated in the past, is in the where we are placed in the plan of God in the field that we labor in. The Jewish people, the Jewish believers, their labor is in a completely different field than the Gentiles. But we're both in this in field, we've both been put placed in a field with our own duties for the glory of God. The um, but there's no animosity between us. We're this is not like Esau and Jacob at all. The potter has created, brought the Jewish believer into his body and the Gentile into his body. They are vessels of honor. They are vessels of honor, not of dishonor. Each, we all have our giftings for different purposes. Satan, his strategy is to when the Messianic movement began with the baby boom generation, basically in the early 60s, when the Jesus movement began, there was a real cohesion between the Gentile believers and the Jewish believers. But as time has gone, as, as time, but from that point to that time to this time, because of the demons, because I have a friend, example. He was in the same assembly in the 70s that my wife and I were in. He believes in the 
triunity of God, the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the 90s, he becomes interested in the Messianic movement. By the time of his death, he believed there was only Father and Son as deity, but not the Holy Spirit. And there is this type of thinking within the Messianic community. That the, the Godhead is only a dual duality rather than a tri rather than a trinity. And he even told me, Isaiah 9 6, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. He will be called Mighty God, Eternal Father. This is the child. It's clear. Paul made it clear. Or I'm sorry. Isaiah made it clear. There is this babe is going to be called the Mighty God. He's the Eternal Father. This is why the Holy Spirit now, all the mysteries must be cleared up. Now, I'm trying, I'm laying a, I'm laying quite a bit out here. I see it. I don't have time to expand on it, but I'm giving you the four tires that keep the car moving. In Revelation chapter 11, you have two witnesses. Jewish and Gentile. I'm watching on YouTube. Everybody is saying these are two Jewish rabbis. No. No. The book of Acts says that the church, the Jewish people, had become the witnesses for Christ. Romans, 11, Romans chapter 9 says that there are two Two members in this body of Christ, Jew and Gentile. One who was not beloved is called beloved. God is the body of Christ presently can be described as two corporate Christian peoples, Jew and Gentile. Two corporate Christian peoples. You cannot have two individuals. No. God's purpose is with a group of corporate peoples. We've got to go to a break. I will be back. In present day. I think we're going to... Oh, I'm going to wait a second. We'll go to a break in just a second. The religious mind wants to say, believe that the two witnesses are two individual people like Elijah and Moses. They are two corporate people. Born again people. Jew, Jewish believers, Gentile believers, 
corporate people. Corporately, we cover the whole earth. Two Jewish people, even in spite of all of our media capabilities, will not be able to bring about the punishments on the world that these two corporate people bring. But two is testimony. In the body of Christ, in the book of Acts, there are two corporate peoples now, Gentile and Jewish. Now we'll go to break. Fort Collins. In Fort Collins. My name is James with Milco Carpet Cleaning. I'm based out of Millican, serving all of northern Colorado. We're a family-owned company that will clean your carpets, upholstery, tile, and rugs. My goal is to freshen your home and business, leaving you dry and clean in no time with no residues. Mention this ad and receive $10 per room off, up to $50. You can call me at 970-405-3740 or email me at nococarpetcleaning at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out my reviews on Google. ETI is your local one-stop shop for all your heavy equipment needs, from rebuilding your components to helping manage your fleet. Our goal is to make your life simple. Our full-service hydraulic and machine shop will meet all your expectations. We also offer free pickup and delivery. Call Jeff at 970-685-2064 with any questions or to schedule a pickup. Again, that's 970-685-2064. Hey, this is Rod from PCs and Parts in Loveland. We're your local computer and parts repair store. We have been in business for over 18 years, and we have been fixing computers and love doing that. If you're having anything with technical-related issues, come by and see us. To reach us, call us at 970-203-0696 or go to our website at PCsandparts.com. We'd love to talk to you about your particular problems. Hey, Chris Lewis here with My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com, 970-776-0258. At My Favorite Gunsmith, all I do is repair firearms. I love freedom more than guns, but the only thing that separates a free man from a slave is firearm ownership. I would only add that it needs to work. All of my guns work. Do yours? Find out, 970-776-0258. My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com. That's 970-776-0258. Are you looking to sell your excess construction equipment? Trust Steffes Group's team of professionals to get you the best return on your investment. Steffes Group is a nationally recognized leader in the auction business with over 60 years of experience. Their team of professionals prioritize honesty, integrity, and outstanding service, and they work with you every step of the way to ensure a smooth and successful auction process. Go to steffesgroup.com right now to find a sales representative near you and discuss your options today. All of your electronic devices can be severely damaged by lightning bolts and power surges. Even worse, an EMP attack can destroy everything, leaving our technology-dependent society with no technology. But don't let that be you. Go to EMPShield.com and put KHNC in the promo code box. EMP Shield is an electromagnetic pulse, solar flare, and lightning protection system made to protect you and your electronics. Again, go to EMPShield.com and type KHNC in the promo code box. EMPShield.com. 
This is Tammy with Naturally Inspired Health Network. We created a group with real solutions for healthy living. Providers with products and services we trust. Need pain relief? Christy Sullivan, Vitality for Life. Want acupuncture? Debbie Ireland, Touch of the East. Looking for a medical doctor? Dr. Sharon Montez, Living Well Health Group. Solutions for health insurance? Wendy Scipioni, MPB Health. NaturallyInspiredHealthNetwork.com. Connecting people with real solutions for health. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network. And good morning and welcome to the third hour of today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. We've had, uh, our tower has been down for a while. It, we did get it back up. Things in the old system freeze and they expand and dials don't turn. And electricity gets so cold that electricity stands still. It doesn't work. I'm kidding. Electricity always flows through the wires. Don't worry. Don't touch any wires, even if it's cold out. It'll shock you. Okay. Distractions. God causes all things to work together for good. Talking about the hatred between Esau and Jacob. Esau's punishment now is going to begin. I likened it to a candle. As a candle burns down, Psalm 83 is like a candle. Initially it begins, the war begins in Gaza. As a candle burns down, it goes to Lebanon. The war moves north. As it burns down, it will probably go to some degree into the West Bank. As it burns down, it will go into probably Syria to some degree. As it burns down, it will eventually, the war will escalate in present-day Jordan. At the bottom of Jordan is an area called Edom which means the children of Jacob, Jacob's twin brother Esau. And that's toward the, by the time that Esau gets involved, this war will be like a bonfire. And Israel will win 
each battle. The punishment on Esau is going to begin shortly. This is out of Jeremiah 49, verse 17. Oh, I'm sorry. Verse 7. Message about Edom, the section of land in southern Jordan, down to about Aqaba, reaching over to Saudi Arabia. Is there no more wisdom in Teman? This is a message about Edom. This is what the Lord God says. Are the wise men of Eden, Edom not able to give good advice? Have they lost their wisdom? You people living in Dedan, run away, hide, because I'm going to punish Esau for the bad things that he did. Dedan is uh, the people in western Saudi Arabia. And what God is saying is, or Isaiah, I'm sorry, Jeremiah is saying, if you have, if you don't have any wisdom at all, you'll pick a fight with Israel. Hamas has no wisdom. Hezbollah, no wisdom. Daesh, ISIS, ISIL, Houthis, no wisdom. Why would you pick a fight with Israel knowing that you're going to lose? Workers pick grapes from grapevines. They leave a few grapes on the plants. If thieves come at night, they don't take everything. But I will take everything from Esau. I will find all of his hiding places. He will not be able to hide from me. His children, relatives, and neighbors will all die. If I'm correct, if I'm correct, the children of Esau are going to begin, the punishment's going to begin severely, very shortly. And Israel is going to be very, is going to, um, will be victorious. But Israel is going to hurt, put a big hurt on the children of Esau. But some of the children of Esau are going to come back, revive, or resurrect, not from the dead, but there, there's going to be numbers eventually toward the end when Armageddon takes place. And God will come at that time and finish destroying the Esau, the children of Edom, that live in the area of Basra, Petra. That's where Esau lives, basically. So they're going to get, it's going to be a kind of a two-tier two punishment. 
You're not going to be able to hide from me. Your children, relatives, and neighbors are going to die. No one is going to be left to care for his children. His wives will have no one to, to depend on. This is what the Lord says. Some people don't deserve to be punished, but they suffer. But Edom, you deserve to be punished, so you will really be punished. You will not escape the punishment you deserve. You will be punished. The Lord says, by my own power, I make this promise. I promise that the city of Basra will be destroyed. It will become a ruined pile of rocks. People will use it as an example when they ask for bad things to happen to other cities. People will insult that city. All the towns around Basra, Basra will become ruins forever. This is verse 14 of Jeremiah 49. I heard a message from the Lord. He sent his messenger, this message to the nations. This is the message to the nations. Get your armies together. Get ready for battle. March against the nation of Elam, Edom. Edom, I will make you become unimportant. Everyone will hate you. Edom, you made other nations afraid. So you thought you were important, but your pride has fooled you. You live in caves high off a cliff. Your home is high on the hills. But even if you hide your homes as high as the eagle's nest, I will bring you down from there. This is what the Lord says. Edom will be destroyed. People will be shocked to see the destroyed cities. They will whistle from amazement at the destroyed cities. Edom will be destroyed like Sodom and Gomorrah and the towns around them. No one will live there. This is what the Lord said. Sometimes a lion will come from the thick bushes near the Jordan River. It will go into the fields where the people put their sheep and cattle. I am like that lion. I will go to Edom or Esau. I will frighten the people and make them run away. None of their young men, none of their young men will stop me. No one is like me. No one will challenge me. None of their leaders will stand up against me. So listen to what the Lord has planned to do to the people of Edom. Listen to what he has decided to do to the people in Teman. The enemy will drag you away, young kids of Edom's flock. Edom's pastures, Edom's pastures will be empty because of what they did. At the sound of Edom's fall, the earth will shake. Their cry will be heard all the way around to the Red Sea. Just as an eagle flies to the sea, to, flies high to see the animal, it will attack, so the Lord will spread his wings over Basra. And Edom's soldiers will be filled with fear like a woman giving birth. Like a woman giving birth. This is a sign, a signal. Birth pains. The time before the tribulation. Like a woman giving birth. The birth pains, the trials. People don't want to believe that God is just, that He's real, that these scriptures 
our accurate forecasting. Now we're going to go to Ezekiel 25. This is verses 12 through 14. Christian people in this country have no clue of what I'm saying. They are not aware of what is happening. These nations in the Middle East that have attacked Israel, all of them, you might say they're taking their turn. Each one is waiting to take his turn. Hamas begun it, has begun, set in motion the war. Hezbollah, well, Hezbollah's now, it's Hezbollah's turn to be punished. Then eventually, the terrorists in Jordan, it will be their turn. The children of Moab, Moab, Ammon, and Edom, their turn to be punished will come. They will attack they will be punished. Now this is out of uh, Ezekiel 25. Again, verse 12 to 14. This is what the Lord God says. The people of Edom turned against the family of Judah and tried to get even. Remember the hostilities I told you about? The hatred, we're in the time of hatred, we're in the time of wars, we're in the last decade. Christ is coming. The millennial kingdom is right on the doorstep. But even before the millennial kingdom begins, tribulation, we're in the end of the time of birth pains and troubles. I liken this to, well, I'll say that Christ said in Matthew 24, there would be a period of time called birth pains and sorrows. A woman is pregnant. Initially, she might have the morning, whatever they call them, when she first initially is, is pregnant. Then, through the following months, there's a more, little more discomfort. She's a little less active. It's harder to do certain things. You can't sit. Uh, it's, she's carrying more weight. She's not really free. Then in the seventh month, things begin to intensify because now she's carrying quite a bit of weight. It's a progressive thing. Christ in Matthew 24, I think it's like verse 4, five to nine is giving the example of a pregnancy from the time of conception all the way to the time that the child is delivered. And at the end of the pregnancy, things intensify. Uh, you have to stay closer to the hospital. You have to stay closer to home just in case you need to go in to have the child delivered. We're at the end of the pregnancy 
the end of the pregnancy, two great things will happen. Well, there are two major things. The Psalm 83 war at the end of destruction of Damascus. Soon after, thereafter, Ezekiel 38 and 39, the Russian war with the Iran and other nations. When that is concluded, birth pains, the birth pains have ended. The birth, we, the world has been, a child has been born. Birth into the world. The child's name is tribulation. We're in the time preceding tribulation. You know, in a sense, I cannot believe how quickly Israel is clearing out the Gaza Strip from the Hamas terrorists. I can't believe how efficiently effective Israel has been. It's very frightening because that means that this fuel that has been put on this fire is going to turn into a like a massive forest fire. The, the fires are going to burn all the way around to the east side of Israel, to the south. Esau, when Esau, the punishment begins on Esau to the southern part of Jordan, we're about we're reaching the end of the candle that is being that is burning down. I have too many examples. Gaza Strip is one candle, or the Psalm 83 is one candle, and each can, each on this candle as it burns down, it has a mark, and each mark is a new additional war. At the top of the candle, to the first mark, you have has uh, Hamas. There's a mark right below that, Hezbollah. Mark below that, conflict out of Syria. Mark below that, the nation of Jordan is going to get involved. Nation of Jordan, three separate peoples, Ammon, Moab, and Edom. Then, at the very bottom of the candle, the destruction of Damascus. When that wick has burned itself out, then Russia, Iran, and other nations will come. Okay, Ezekiel 25, verse 12, again. This is what the Lord God says. The people of Edom turned against the family of Judah, tried to get even. The people of Edom are guilty. So the Lord God says, I will punish Edom. I will destroy the people and the animals of Edom. I will destroy the whole country of Edom, all the way from Teman to Dedan. The Edomites will be killed in battle. I will use my people Israel and get even against even against Edom. In this way, the people of Israel will show my anger against Edom. Then the people of Edom will know that I punished them. This is what the Lord God says. So God is saying, Israel must fight this battle. Israel is responsible for punishing Edom. The people, 
Jacob, in a sense, and the children of Jacob are coming to punish these people full of hate for 3,700 years. Now I'm going to go to the next. I'm sticking with Edom. I'm sticking with... Uh, with the punishment of Esau. Okay, this is out of Amos chapter 1. The people of Edom, verse 11 to verse 12. This is what the Lord says. For the many... Three, even four crimes, sins, and the transgressions of Edom. I will punish them. I am not going to turn back. I am not going to grant a reprieve. God has been granting a reprieve for 3,700 years. But now God says there will be no reprieve. I will punish them. They hunted down their relatives, the Israelites. They pursued Jacob and the uh, descendants of Jacob they did they they uh, pursued them with the sword showed them no mercy they wiped out these allies and destroyed their women they were angry all the time this anger enraged was unceasing they kept on being very angry. And this is exactly what the account in the first hour that I read out of Genesis 25 about Jacob and Esau in the same confined area in the womb, Rebekah's womb, the hostility in the womb. And Rebekah knew there was war taking place. And she couldn't figure it out. And she prayed. And the Lord told her, there are two nations in you. And these nations, they will be unkind, unfriendly. They will be at war with each other forever, perpetually. To this present time. There'll be no, you cannot, there'll be no negotiations. There will be no uh, treaties the hostility the hatred of Esau toward the children of Jacob would be too great Esau and the children of Esau would see how Israel would have favor of God Almighty this would further this would go cause the hatred to burn even hotter the land where Israel would live would turn into a paradise. This would continue the hatred. They were angry all the time. <clears throat> they continued to be angry. So here's what the Lord says. I'm going to send fire on the city of Teman that will even destroy and devour the strong buildings the fortresses, the palaces of Basra, the whole country. 
Teman in the northern, Edom or Basra in the south. What the Holy Spirit says, what God says would happen is happening. We can't stop it. It is uh, taking place presently. This is a warning to the church, the children of God, that tribulation is coming. The birth pains, the, the pregnancy is about to end. The world is about to give birth to a child tribulation. Now, Psalm 83. These are all the enemies that have never been punished. In this psalm, the enemies of Israel that have not been punished before are, are going to be punished. Before the before Esau and Jacob were born, maybe fifty years earlier. I'm trying to remember roughly how much earlier. 30, 35 years earlier, Abraham had a nephew, Lot. Nephew and Lot had herds, cattle, and they both had, they were both very prosperous. Abraham's servants and Lot's, servant, Lot's servants were always quarreling because each is fighting for pasture land. And finally, Abraham, there was a conflict, family problems. So Abraham had to tell Lot, okay, tell you what. They went up to a hill. Abraham said, listen, so we can remedy this problem Tell me which way you want, which do you want to go to the fertile or the infertile, unfertile area? You decide whatever way you go, I'll go the opposite way. Lot, through his carnal reasoning, picked the area around Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham went the other way toward Canaan, toward the sea. The counsel of God will stand. Lot had no wisdom. He chose things by what he could see. Okay, we're going to go to the bottom of the hour break. I'll be back in just a few minutes. This is Mark Hall, host of the Come Out of Her My People show here on the Roar of the Rockies. Tune in to discover why, whether it's the law of the land or scripture, what you've probably heard it says is not what is written. It's time to come out of all of that. Hi there, it's Kathy from J-Day's Appliance Sales and Service. I have a maintenance tip to keep your dryer in tip-top shape. Having good clearance in the back, not allowing the vent to be kinked, and check your outside vent for hot and heavy airflow. We're located at 132 East 7th Street, downtown Loveland. Call us at 970-669-1357. That's 669-1357.
Off-Road Automotive offers a wide range of used automobiles for all of your off-road and on-road needs. From classic Jeep CJ7s to high-end sporty Corvettes and everyday commuters, they have a vehicle for you. Bad credit or no credit, no problem. Their professional finance team has you covered. Give them a visit at 1392 Denver Avenue in Fort Lupton or give them a call at 303-502-3230. Do you love AM 1360 and the uncensored radio you get to listen to every day? KHNC has launched a listener sponsorship fundraiser to raise the money needed to replace our old failing transmitter. Your generous donation will help make this much-needed upgrade happen so you and future generations can continue to hear the uncensored truth for decades to come. By donating and becoming a KHNC sponsor, you will receive the new AM 1360 t-shirt, a bumper sticker, and the new limited edition one-ounce pure silver KHNC coin. Also, for being part of this exclusive group, you will receive the monthly KHNC newsletter. The sponsorship package requires a minimum donation of $100, although donations of any amount will be greatly appreciated. You can help us purchase the new transmitter by going to 1360KHNC.com and clicking the Donation tab at the top of the page. Again, that's 1360KHNC.com and click the Donation tab. Thank you. 1360KHNC is proud to announce our partnership with MyKind CBD a local Colorado-based company that uses no pesticides, no herbicides, completely organic, no heavy metals. All their products are CAO certified. That's right, independently lab certified. Our prices are the best in the country. Go out to 1360KHNC.com and hit the shopping cart button and make your purchase today. Holy fly paper! Join me, Jay Deplorable, for Swamp Fight Wednesdays at 5 p.m. and Saturdays and Sundays at noon, right here on AM 1360. Save me from this prison. last 30 minutes of today's program podcasts are on 1360 khnc.com to the olive tree site my contact information is olive tree ministry p.o box 873 longmont colorado 80502 every sunday nine to noon and there are things that are happening that I need prayer for. I can't disclose specifically for what or the but I do and would ask you I have a possible opportunity and I need 
Number one, I take what it says in the Proverbs. There are many devices in a man's heart. The counsel of the Lord, that will stand. I need the counsel of the Holy Spirit in different matters. So if you would pray for me for clarity on these matters, what God's will is. I don't want to be outside of the will of God, not for a second. I don't want to be outside of His mercy for a millionth of a second. Also, prayer for wisdom. We always need wisdom in everything that we do. And we are put in positions where we really have to depend on the sovereign hand of God to open doors that no man can shut. And there are doors that I believe that the Lord is opening that, uh, that uh, no man can shut. So if you would pray that the doors that need to be opened, that God opens, then no man can shut them. And the doors that need to be shut, that no man can open these doors. I do need, and I have always trusted in God's sovereignty, being at the right place at the right time, like it says in Ecclesiastes 9.11. Being at the right place at the end of the verse. There are, I'm going to read it to you, if I can get things moving here. And, um, okay, let me just go to this. How far is heaven? Lord, can you help me? All right. 9 11. Ready? Again, I saw under the sun, the race is not to the swift. The battle is not to the strong or the mighty. Neither is there bread guaranteed to the wise. Riches are not guaranteed to the discerning. And nor favor to men who have great knowledge. Time and misfortune overtake them all. In another translation. But the same thing happens to them all. To all of us. Being at the right place at the right time. Or, on the negative side, being at the wrong place at the wrong time. With we believers, when misfortune, you know, when we end up in situations that are very negative, we have Romans chapter 8. And Romans chapter 8 basically states it all. It says that 
in verse 24. For in hope we are saved, but hope that is not seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we eagerly, eagerly wait for it. We all have hopes. We have to eagerly await, eagerly wait for it. Verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Too deep for words. I'm in a situation presently where... I don't know how to pray about certain matters. So I'm depending on, and I'm asking people to pray for me for wisdom, knowledge, understanding, insight, for God's counsel, clarity of mind. We all need this, all of us. There are things happening to you presently where you don't have the clarity of mind. You can't make a decision you don't know how to pray about a certain matter. Well, the Spirit is groaning in your spirit. You don't have the words, but nevertheless, your spirit knows. He who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Verse 29, 28. And we know for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Because, whom he, because those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son so that He would be the firstborn among many brothers. Brothers. So all things work together for good to those that love God. So if you would, I can't disclose anything. I'm just, there are many matters that I'm praying about. We're, uh, the decisions that we all make, we, we want to hit the target. Because we're, this woman, this time, this, the world is going to give birth to a child to something called tribulation. We all need wisdom in the decisions we're making. God is going to punish Edom, the children of Esau. He's going to punish the children of Lot's two boys. Moab and Ammon. He's going to punish and has already begun to punish the people that dwell in the area of the Philistines, which is Gaza. Mainly, they're G Egyptian. They've come from other Arab nations in the area, from South North Africa. From even from the north, they've even come from Syria. They're being punished. And it's not the people. It's the terrorists. Those who hate 
the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What it's costing these terrorist, terrorists in the Hamas army, eternal fire. They're dying and being punished. There are vessels of destruction so that God can display his power. We don't like to hear that. The world doesn't like to hear that. Well, the world has no wisdom. The wise of the world are foolish. The people of the world who believe that they're great, you know, and they're great philosophies, we know what's best. The Bible says they're fools. These people that appear to have power, they have no power. The power, the greatest power on earth is in the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news that the world receives through people who preach. A God who became man, who died, raised from the dead, lives eternally, forgives sins, washes away the sins of the world, gives eternal life. This is the great power that uh, are the way in which God has always brought brought, has always brought punishment upon the world through his Christian people for the last 2,000 years and through the nation of Israel. So we all need clarity, we all need wisdom when we don't we can't make decisions, we need God to be sovereign. I can't tell you how many times in my life I God was just sovereign, putting me at the right place at the right time as a testimony. My wife and I are married about four months into our marriage. I live in Denver. Denver. I cannot find work. And I can't. It's wintertime. It's January. I talk to the pastors of the church. I tell them, hey, I can't find any work. We prayed. And the Lord, I told the, the, the one brother, the one pastor told me, he says, what do you think you should do? I said, I don't know. I want to stay involved here in the assembly, but I can't get work. I said, I grew up in Longmont. I'm thinking about maybe I have some friends. I'll go talk to them. Maybe I can find something. He says, well, I guess you should go do that. I went on a Monday. And that next day on Tuesday, I went to work. God was sovereign. I just followed my instincts and got the name of a man, called the guy. He said, come to work tomorrow. Thank God. Sovereignty, the sovereign hands of God, being at the right place at the right time. We want to make sure that we avoid being at the wrong place at the wrong time. People I know that have married the girl of their dreams. And they say they prayed. Well, they didn't really pray. They just kind of like, and they didn't really pray because they believed that they were sure that they were sure that they were sure. And 
it was a disaster, especially if there are children involved. We cannot, we're in a time where we really cannot afford to make decisions on things, on matters, because it may cost us dearly. Watchman Nee in China, when Mao Zedong took power, had to leave mainland China, and there was the last flight out of China. He was supposed to be on that flight. Something happened, and he didn't get on that plane, and it flew to Taiwan, and he was at the wrong place at the wrong time. He didn't make that appointment, and he ended up dying in Chinese prisons, 1972. We don't want that to happen to us. We need to be here. So anyhow, if you would pray for me, I, I really do need prayer. Sovereignty, the God will be sovereign. And uh, we don't know the future. And I have been thinking about the verses in James. And I'll give this to you also. Don't say that you're going to take what you have in your hand financially and go into a city with other people and invest and live in that city for a year. And you're going to exchange, you're going to buy, you're going to sell, and you're going to make a profit. Don't say that. You don't know the future. Pray, 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 pray. And if God counsels you to do that, then do it. But at the same time, also in your prayer, if God will, we will do this and we will do that. If God will. I, uh, I know that it is God's will that we know His will. That's God's will. When I pray, I say, Lord, it's your will that I know your will. It's your will that I have your Holy Spirit. So I know that it's God's will that I know his will. And we have to be in love with God's will more than we are in love with our own will. And that's difficult because what we want, we want. God's will, I've given the example before, I'm going to give it one more time. Jacob, after he left Isaac and Rebekah, he went to his uncle, to uh, an uncle's area, Laban, up in Syria, and there he ran into Rebekah. Jacob loved Rebekah. She's the one. She's the only one. And she may, he makes a deal with Laban to work for seven years. And Laban agrees. And Jacob, eventually, when it's time, on the wedding night, he wakes up and it's not Rachel, it's Leah, the sister. 
the older sister. Jacob's pretty upset and he goes back to Laban. Hey, you tricked me. He goes, well, it's our custom that the older daughter gets married first. So they made another agreement that he'd work an additional seven years for Rachel. Then he got Rachel. Well, Leah and Rachel, God's will. Leah gets pregnant. She has a child. Then she gets pregnant again and again. And she has a concubine. The concubine gets pregnant and again and again. And Rachel, I think I said Rachel, Leah. Then Rachel, she can't get pregnant. And she sees Leah with all these kids. And it's kind of a shame. She goes to Jacob and she assumes that Jacob is God. And she says, give me children or else I will, I forget what the word was. I don't think she said die. And Jacob looked at her and said, do you think I'm in the place of God? And it cracked something in Jacob. Something cracked in him. He loves Leah. I'm sorry, he loves Rachel. But Rachel is your will. Jacob's will was Rachel. Our will can be Rachel. God's will was Leah. God's will is to be fertile in the things of God and the our walk with God. Leah has a child, a child, a child. Her concubine, a child, a child, a child. Leah, God's will, is always faithful, is always fertile, always bringing forth fruit, God's will. But God's will is not as attractive, it's dull, it seems to be unimportant, it's just not what we want in our natural disposition. can go for women too toward, toward husbands. Rachel, on the other hand, she has a hard time and eventually she dies in childbirth. <clears throat> but what happens is eventually Leah, Rachel dies. She's buried by an oak tree somewhere out, I don't know where. Leah dies and Leah is buried in the cave Machpelah with Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, and Rebekah. And Leah is there waiting for Jacob. Jacob dies. Eventually he's carried back to Canaan, buried in the cave of Machpelah. The principle. We want to be buried with God's will. Yes, our, what we desire is important. We're, you know... We have taste. We love, we have, there are things that we are pleasing to us, appealing to us. God's will will bear fruit. Our will will bear fruit, but in a limited way. And eventually, our will is not buried in the cave of Machpelah with God's will. You want to, we want to leave this world and be buried with God's will, with Leah. We want to be buried with God's will. We don't want to be buried with Rachel, our own will. 
And I guarantee you, eventually, when Jacob, the natural affection that he had for Rachel was broken, then he understood. And Rachel, I'm sorry, yeah, Rachel, she had idols that she carried from her father with her. You cannot, we cannot bring the idols of our past. That will also bring a curse on us. So when we die, we want to be buried with God's will. And we have to have the attitude. This is a tough one. If you don't want to hear this, you better turn it off right now. Turn it off. Plug your ears. Turn, go to another station. We have to have an attitude for those who are going to overcome, who are overcoming. You can ask anybody who's an overcomer. God's will is more important than their own will. They love God's will more than they love their will. Is that in the Bible? Christ said, I don't do anything that I don't see my Father do. I do nothing because He, His desire was to please His Father in heaven. We must have that same attitude that God's will we love more than our own will. I guarantee it will be rewarding like you can't imagine. And um, like with my wife, I didn't, I, I was, uh, I'm not the kind of person that even, I didn't even, there's no way I would even, I couldn't choose a wife. I, I, that was something that was beyond my ability. I didn't choose my wife. And the Holy, really, I don't have time to give the testimony. But uh, through a very supernatural situation, uh, I had no thought of asking her to marry me. It was a Sunday night, Father's Day, 1976. She went to help me put a mower in the back of my pickup. I had a lawn care business. And we were just visiting and something happened and I almost just blurted out, will you marry me? Well, I had this thought and it seemed like, like I'd had, you know, it was just going to come up from the depth of my being and I started to sweat. I had to get my hand close to my mouth because I'm thinking, what the heck was this? And it happened again. And I am, I am really worried that, whoa, I don't know what this is. I've never been here before. And I mean, I, it's like I had to close my mouth, clench my teeth, and I was just looking for a second to just say, I've got to go and walk away. And the third time this thing hit me, I just, I couldn't hold it. It's like I just, out of nowhere, I, I, it just came up. It was like a, like I, you know, just like a pressure in my being I just blurted out, marry me. And she stopped and looked at me. And the minute I said it, I had a peace like I'd never had before. 
she said, well, she kept talking. And I just said, will you marry me? And she said, uh, yes. That's what happened to me. I did not choose my wife. It just were, it just happened. I don't know. Sometimes with me, I that's why I need prayer. Because I've got some decisions to make and <clears throat> I uh, don't trust myself. I want Leah. She's dull, unimportant, doesn't seem to be attractive, isn't maybe just everything that I probably wouldn't want in my natural disposition. But now, after all these years, I know Leah, God's will, is what I desire and what you desire too, God's will to be done. I'm done for today. God bless you. God bless you in a mighty, mighty way. May God keep you and prepare you for the time to come. May the Holy Spirit above all things be upon you and direct you, keep you. God bless you.